Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. The Gen Z Basketball Coaching and Sports Business Show. On this podcast, you'll learn from professional players, coaches, and executives from all over the world and see the court in a brand new way. And now, joining you courtside, your Gen Z host, John Hartafillis. Curtis, what's going on? Yo, what's up, John, man? It's nice to see you. It's been like two weeks. It's been it's been a while since we, unfortunately, since the Grizzlies were eliminated from the playoffs and we recorded a division, a division breakdown with them. But honestly, awesome seeing you. We normally have our cameras off for those videos, so I finally get to you know actually see you for the first time in a while. Can't wait to hopefully see each other in, in Vegas or summer league. We've been you know we've been talking about it for forever, and hopefully this is happening. But this episode, right, with the Grizzlies having you know, their season having just ended, is long overdue. I'm excited to finally tell. Our listeners, maybe they've heard you. And if, there's, if, if, if you're listening to this right now and going, where do I know that voice from? It's Curtis Johnson from uh, all, all the Southwest Division breakdowns. So that, that, that's where you've heard that voice before. But right, all they've heard your voice, they haven't seen your face, and they definitely don't know your story. So I'm really excited to share that with our listeners. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm definitely uh, I'm excited to uh, share with you some of the stuff that you don't know about me and to uh, some of the viewers. Exactly. Some of the stuff I don't even know. So, I mean, I'm, I, and that's why right? I know about some of the Grizzly stuff. I know about the bubble stuff you did in the bubble, which is cool, but I'm going to take it way back, right? Let's go all the way. And it's not like it's that far back, right? We're, we're both super young, but talking about maybe your, your first steps right into this basketball world at the university of Memphis, right? Where you first, where you, where you, you know, got your degree, you really started things up there, but you were doing some cool things on the side, maybe within radio and, and, and speaking, uh, which, which I think is pretty cool. Cause that's kind of leading you to what you're doing now. So if you could tell us a little bit about maybe that the, the, some of those first opportunities you took, maybe as a senior in high school, your first year at Memphis that made you realize, okay, basketball is what I want to do. Definitely. So like starting off, like my first introduction to sports kind of like working in the field was working at a radio station, uh, Blyva, Arkansas, where I'm uh, from my hometown. Always knew I wanted to work in sports. I didn't grow past like five, seven, five, eight. So I, I kind of knew right away, like you're not going to play in the NBA unless like I just, you know, had crazy skills, which I didn't, and I still don't at this uh, current point in time. So I was like, so how can I get involved with, uh, you know, working in the NBA? Because basketball is my uh, favorite sport, passion. I love NFL too, but basketball, it just sticks out to me. I love the game of basketball. And uh, my dad, he told me, uh, my cousin, he works at a radio station in Blava, Arkansas called KJM 93.9. And they always, they have an internship that you can do for, I believe it's like six to eight months. And I reached out to him and talked to him, told him what I was trying to do. At the time, I actually, it may surprise me, I was wanting to go into journalism because I like Stephen A. Smith a lot. And I was like, well, I want to do journalism, so I'll be around the game. I'll get to talk to the players, uh, do media and things of that nature. And like literally once I got to college, I did the internship with uh, KJM 93.9 until the end, six, eight months. Uh, learned a lot uh, from my cousin uh, working there. Uh, the ins and outs, like the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see, like when you're in the control room, broadcasting live on air. Uh, every day I was, uh, how you get your your resources, like see when they didn't do, you know, their inside person that they'll never tell, like, hey, uh, how many points did John have last night? What was the final score? Me not having to go to the game because like social media was not a thing, believe it or not, like six years ago, like it is now, you just can pop up your phone and be like, oh, Arkansas lost to uh, Milwaukee by 10 points. And this guy was the leading scorer, you know, having to tap into those resources. I'd happen to have like a buddy that actually played for the high school team. And uh, he would text me the scores, the points that they would have. And it taught me a lot 
about just having a lot of uh, networking connections. So that way, even today, it helps you get along in the business world and just move up quicker. You know more people and it opened up, opened up a lot of doors for you. So uh, that that it was a, pretty, a great experience for me uh, working at KJM 93.9. And uh, as I said, going to my first year in college, uh, this one, I met my counselor, I believe her name uh, is Miss Brocks. And uh, I was talking to her and she, they were like, well, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, it's your first time, like in course in high school, you still think like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I told her, I was like, well, I want to do, uh, I want to work in sports. I want to be a uh, journalism, work in journalism. And she was like, do you like to write? And I was like, no, nah, nah. I'm like, no, not really. She was like, well, you sure you want to do journalism? And I was like, ah, well, I'm like, I want to work in sports. So I don't know what I really want to do. And uh, I told her, I was like, well, I want to work in the NBA as a general manager. And she told me the best way to do it probably be get a degree in business instead of sports, because uh, if I just got a degree in sports, I would just have like a narrow window, like I only kind of can work in sports with that degree. But if I get business, it's broad and I can do a lot of things on my way to working in the NBA or whatever the case may be. I have a lot more avenues versus just this one narrow path. So I end up doing that, getting a degree in business administration with a concentration in human resources uh, during my time at the University of Memphis, thanks to her and listening to my mom. And uh, it was a great time at the University of Memphis. My first introduction, I actually, my uh, first two years, I didn't even work in sports. Like it was so hard to get in because at the time we had a uh, Josh Pastor was the coach. And it's just like impossible. Like I would always go up there, you know, how it is like the guys are busy uh, recruiting. The head guys are not there, like director of basketball that they have. Like it's just hard to get in touch with those guys. So end up like one day I literally was walking over and I saw a guy's name, Drayden Terry. And I was like, hey, I'm trying to get into sports. I thought it was like tight end coach. It's like you, you uh, tight end. And he was like, no, I'm, I probably could have played some tight end probably in high school, but I can now. And I just had like sparked up a conversation with him and he told me, he's like, well, hey, I, I'm not, don't work like as a tight end in football or basketball or anything, but uh, what I do is sponsorships for uh, the game day, game day, I do like game day sponsorships. So, you know, you're more than welcome to come in for an interview if you like it or we like you, you know, mutual thing. Uh, we love to have you be a part of the team. So I say fast forward about two weeks later, I got his email. I reached back out to him. He reached back out to me. Did an interview with him, end up getting one of the positions they had uh, part-time, part of their game day staff. And I had an interview as well with the guy next door in marketing. It's weird. They were like literally next door. And uh, I was like, well, can I work both? Because yeah, I was like, I'm trying to get most experience I can. This is my first time working in sports. And they both let me do both because uh, one of them was paid and one wasn't. But I still, you know, gave 100% to both of them uh, while I was there. And that kind of was my first introduction of actually working in sports. I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, working even soccer games. Like I worked every sport at the university, so soccer, baseball, softball, basketball, football, you name it. They had a crowd, like I was there, volleyball. I worked everything. So it gave me an eye opener to like everything that happens behind the scenes, like the photo shoots that the players do or what you see on the screen when they're like with their best friend or like you're trying to figure out the hum or the song. It just uh, gave me an eye opener, like everything that goes on behind the scenes working at the University of Memphis in the college aspect. And it gave me a lot of experience. So I'm definitely grateful for them. Tiger Sport Property, Learfield and uh, University of Memphis Marketing Department.
super cool, right? And thinking about just your college career and how you did whatever you could to get involved. And it, may, it didn't always, like, right, the end goal was always basketball, but right, doing things like volleyball games and other sports um, to get experience on the University of Memphis and then obviously branching out to doing what you really want to do after you graduated. Um, so that's kind of what I want to key in on maybe is after graduating, right? It, it's obviously, like you, you touched on a little bit earlier, how hard it was maybe to, to make those connections and to find your way in that industry. What, what, how, how did you go from doing being a sports marketing intern at, at Memphis, graduating, and then time in between ending up with the, the Grizzlies and then later on the NBA and doing what you're doing now? Yeah. And before we go forward, like I like to point out, like I went through like three college coaches my time at the University of Memphis. I had Josh Passenger, Tubby Smith, and then Penny Hardaway came. So like imagine trying to get in and like really if, if you got in, like you get a new coach and they may not want you because, you know, some coaches like bringing their new staff or they like to, you know, just start new. So like imagine going through three head coaches in a span of like four years, like having Passenger, Josh Passenger, Tubby Smith, and then you had Penny at the uh, last year. So a lot of crazy stuff went on, but, you know, hopefully they'll get back on track with uh, Penny. You know, they won NIT this past year. So definitely uh, great things look like it's on the horizon for Memphis basketball in college too. And uh, to go off your point, uh, working in the NBA, I actually started in the NBA G League. A lot of people don't know that. They think, you know, because I post a lot of Grizzly pictures that I started with the Grizzlies, but I actually started with the NBA G League, our hustle team. Uh, it all started like, man, honestly, I linked in. I, I'm sure you've done it a million times too, like LinkedIn, somebody like, hey, man, I'm trying to, you know, do this. I, even with your interviews, you're like, hey, you might, you know, interview, come on my show, uh, Jimmy Hoops. And, you know, they're either responding. It's like, you know, I tell people, all they can say is yes no or don't respond so like literally what do you have to lose so i think i looked him up on the memphis grizzlies website and i was like type in uh equipment manager or basketball operations app and i'm like who can i dm or you know trying to get i'm just trying to get my foot in the door obviously and uh come across his name i direct messaged him was like hey uh, i see you guys got a position up here uh, I was wondering, you know, if I could uh, apply for this job, you know, could I get an interview? I really want to work in basketball. And, you know, my Ozzy actually reached back out. Well, he, um, you know, wrote back to me in the DMs and he was like, I don't have anything available for the Memphis Grizzlies, but we have something available for the Memphis Hustle. And we still were brand new at the time because I think it was like our uh, second year being in uh, South Haven, Mississippi with the uh, Memphis Hustle. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely interested. So Went from there, and I would say like a week or two, two weeks later, got a call for an interview with uh, our equipment manager to this day with The Hustle. Uh, she actually got LeBron shoes, uh, Brie. So I'm sure you guys, you just type in uh, the girl that got LeBron shoes. You'll know definitely what I'm talking about. And uh, she reached out to me, did an interview with her, went well, and I got hired. And I would say I probably, man, was with The Hustle for like two months, roughly, Roughly two months. I know I was there at least a month, but roughly two months. And then like a couple of guys from the Grizzlies, like they just had left uh, for whatever reason, you know, just maybe didn't see like a future with it or whatever the reason were. And they they like literally called me and it was like, hey, do you want to move up and work with the Grizzlies? And I was like, heck yeah. Like who wouldn't want to work for the uh, the pro team? And like we were winning at the time too. Everything was going right. This one, we still had like Mike Conley. This year, we had like Garrett Temple, Jermichael Green, all those guys before like the trade deadline came and they got traded, but everything was going well and uh, end up going up to the Memphis Grizzlies and, you know, been there ever since I'm still there now. The season didn't go. Uh, once I got there, it kind of went like the opposite direction once I got there. Like it was a lot of winning and joyful times to, you know, we were losing like 
close games and as it does in basketball like it's like any sport like one loss turns into you know eight losses in a row you go like on a two-game win streak but if you lose four like you never get your momentum back and believe that's the deadline like when they traded Jermichael and Garrett to uh the Clippers and I want to say Mark got traded that year he got traded to Toronto and ended up winning the championship. So, you know, congrats to uh, Big Spike, Mark Gasol. He won the championship. But uh, that's kind of like, I would say, I guess you would say like our rebuilding, you would say, started this just, you know, having to start over. You know, the grid and grinder, like, obviously was coming to an end and, you know, just trying to figure out the next steps. They figured out the next step pretty quickly. Uh, drafting Charlie yeah. Land right that, that summer. And I, I, and I want to make sure this know. Uh, Curtis himself is not a jinx in terms of the, the Grizzlies going backwards after that. But the pictures you post on Instagram, sometimes, I don't want to say, sometimes do result in losses. That's why I had to tell you, right, stop posting, stop posting. I'd always text you. I'd always talk about your story and say, Curtis, man, like you got to stop. Because you'd, you'd post one and you guys would lose a close game and you wouldn't post and like it was a 30-point blowout. I'm like, Curtis, man, someone, the basketball gods are telling us something. Here. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe maybe we shouldn't be posting on, on Instagram. All, 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 all fun, man. But definitely like, incredible thinking about your, your, your time, right, with Memphis and and in the beginning there, right? And it, it, it's crazy how it only took two months, right? And the opportunity presented itself. But you, right? Let's say, right, hypothetically, in, in October of that year, when you took the job with the hustle, you're like, yeah, you know, like, I, I'm not really, I, I don't really like, I'm trying to go with the pro team. I don't really want to work with the G League. I'll pass on this one. You'd never be with the, you, you were with the team two months later just because of how things worked out. That isn't that, it's crazy to me to think about how that could have happened if, if maybe you didn't really embrace the opportunity. And you did. And it, it obviously, it's paid off much faster than you would have expected or anyone would expect. Um, but that's kind of the things you have to do sometimes is, is take that leap of faith um and it obviously all worked out for you now where you're, you've been with the grizzlies uh for what it's been now the last two years Agreed. obviously all, all yeah all, all that stuff all that stuff is great in, in thinking about uh your, your time with the grizzlies right with, with uh, acquisition john morant right things have been going the upper trajectory for that franchise uh for sure yeah for sure and i like to add to like just because like i went you know two months in the g league to the uh grizzlies like everybody's journey as people say are all different like I remember the next season started, like, they hired, like, three people that need work in the G League. Like, they went straight to the Grizzlies, and, you know, I was like, I worked in the G League, and they were like, how long have you been? I was like, I've been here, like, four months. And I want to say that's when the season, like, got cut off, too. Or no, no, it didn't. Toronto won championship that year. That was the following year, like, it got cut because of the COVID. But I was like, I, I started in the G League, and, like, you know, they started the NBA team. So, like, everybody's journey is, like, completely different. Nobody's going to be, like, the same at all. Just, you know, I would say just, you know, hard work. Definitely stand out to your boss. And eventually, even if you're at the bottom, you will reach the top. So, Definitely, right, incredible stuff, right, in, in, in finally in getting that opportunity and, and, and finally working with the Grizzlies. I mean, what were some of those initial roles you had I mean, working with them? Because I'm, I'm definitely they've evolved over the last few years. Uh, but maybe those first ones, being a team attendant uh, and being brand new as a team attendant, I mean, what were those initial duties like? Uh, Like when I first come in, you know, as it is with most jobs, like, you're, you know, you're kind of at the bottom. Or I wouldn't even say bottom, but like you do the jobs that you have to wait, you know, over time to get where a guy either leaves or like, you know, just do a job exceptionally well. And like, they like, well, I think he'll be better doing this. Actually, I just started out like rebounding for the guys that were out there warming up uh, as a team attendant and uh, like just getting the towels and stuff out for them before the game, uh, Gatorade towels, pretty much that, that pretty much is it, honestly, just rebounding and making sure the uh, towels are folded in the back of the locker room. Uh, so that way when uh, they need to refurbish the stuff in the back for the guys, once they get done warming up or working out, that is could you know dry off take a shower whatever they need to do so that's pretty much all i did actually like just starting and coming on that was pretty much my role i would do that do it effectively ask my boss for like you good you need 
anything else before I go. And, you know, I would just, you know, go. Definitely right. Going is the name of the game. And you've, you've done nothing but that the last few years. I mean, right. We, we just kind of spoke about a little bit about the, your, when you were doing with the Grizzlies originally, that 2019 year, that 2020 year. Uh, but that 2020 year always got cut short due to COVID. I mean, I'm curious, right? I mean, with the, with the pandemic having uh, having you know, really uh, maybe shut the whole world down, basketball, of course, with the Grizzlies for those following months. Uh, maybe what you were doing in, in the meantime before going to the bubble, I know you started a show, you were doing some stuff to keep yourself busy. I mean, what did that, what did that time look like for you? And and maybe the most unprecedented time in, in pro sports. Yeah, man, it definitely was weird. Like I had got a job working like a job. Like I definitely still to this day, if they call me back, I would go back and see myself like working for it was Memphis tourism. Like I literally just started, I would say like January, February, and it's like when COVID like was here, but like it wasn't on the news like it was like in the following months in March when everything got shut down. I was working there, like we were getting ready like to, uh, meet with Ice Cube because the big three was coming to Memphis. Uh, Zach Randolph was going to be playing in it. Sure, that was going to be like a moneymaker for us. And uh, just a lot of bringing people in, like meeting with people, events that were coming into Memphis and trying to get their hotels booked and that type of thing. You know, imagine going from that like job that you love, still able to do the grid stuff part-time, want to work in the NBA, obviously, and like both of them like get took from you like just like that. It just was like amazing. I was kind of like stunned. I'm like, man, like got a job that I like this full time. If I never make it in the NBA, like that, I definitely could see myself doing in the future. And, uh, you know, they, they uh, I actually got laid. Well, I've been not laid off from the Grizzlies, but like obviously the COVID stopped the season. So like you go from like, I'm not like leaving work from my full time job to go to the uh, FedEx form, which is like two minutes away from where I was working. And like you're working all day and night and, you know, excited for the game. And, no season just canceled. So at Memphis Tourism, probably I would say another two, three months, you know, they call me. Uh, I was like, a lot of people got laid off. So like, it's nothing against me. Everybody was, you know, was getting laid off because of the money thing and stuff like that, you know, get laid off. And then like, it's basically like, I have nothing to do. Like for the first time, I was saying like, four or five years, I go from like working three or four jobs, like nonstop, I'm always on the go to like, I'm at home, like everybody else. I'm sure you probably at home too. Like just sitting at home, like you can't do nothing. Like we didn't know what COVID was at the time, like how it spread. So like, you're just sitting up in the house, like, man, there's nothing to do. So I'm like, what can I do? Like in the meantime, you know, obviously, like I told you earlier, like I always wanted to do journalism to a certain extent, not the writing, but I was like, I want to make my own show, kind of like what you're doing now. And I was like, well, I'm going to make a show, end up coming with the name. If you guys want to look it up, it's no nonsense with a K. I'm definitely going to start back on it too. I'm going to get you as a guest too, bro. Started that up and I did that. I would say like I had episodes rolling in, like reaching out to people. And like, this was obviously like the best time to reach out to people. And I'm sure you could attest to that because everybody at home. So like, you know, you uh, DM assistant coach or it's like, now he can't be like, well, I can't respond. Or like, I'm busy. I got workouts. Like, no, all of us sitting at home. So like, they have nothing but time. And like, that's like the best time to pick uh, their brain for advice or like reaching out to people trying to, you know, just trying to get into the business. Obviously with COVID, you know, they're not hired, but just getting that connection or networking definitely is going to help you down the road. And uh, kind of what I did, like, and got my show rolling. And I would say, uh, I got a, a email from the NBA about working at the bubble. And I, man, I promise you, I read it like two or three times. Like, is this real? Because I heard all the rumors, you know, just like you, I'm sure you saw on like TV, like I did, like, NBA trying to start the uh do a restart with the NBA bubble but we all we like we don't know what's going to happen or like is it going to happen with COVID and got the email and uh did a little zoom call like I'm doing with you they just kind of went over what was going to happen at the bubble like procedure they were taking to make sure everybody was safe 
you know, not just the players, but everybody that was there. So we all would be safe our time there. And we were. And man, I went down there and like all this happened, man, all this happening, like I was sitting at home, didn't have anything to do. And I think back to like things happen for a reason because had I been at Memphis Tourism, you know, full time, they probably wouldn't let me went to the bubble. And at the same instance, like without COVID, I would never been able to go to the bubble and work for the NBA. So like, you know, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise, you would say. And like the other job I had before Memphis Tourism, they still were working. I would have probably not got laid off there. So like I had to make a decision like, well, you know, I'm going to leave this job, you know, and go to the NBA bubble or like it's just stay at this job. So like things happen in a mysterious way. Like I still think about that. Like if I was at the other job, I would have to like make a decision. Like, well, I'm gonna leave here, go work at the bubble. I say like, it's easier now. I probably wouldn't be like, I definitely would have left, but you just never know what your head at, you know, being that you would still be with the job and COVID going on. You'd never know what you would do at that instance. But, you know, end up going, working at the NBA bubble, man. It was a lot of fun times. Definitely an experience I'll never forget, you know, getting to work the NBA finals between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers was awesome. You have bragging rights over my boss because I'm like, I worked the NBA finals game. He hasn't worked one and uh, he's been with the Grizzlies for a while now. So just, you know, amazing feeling to be like, well, I worked the NBA finals game. I know a lot of people that have been with organization. I'm sure you can attest to this, like, have never worked the NBA finals game before. Like, we see them on TV all the time. And, you know, the past couple of years, it's like been the same two teams going. So unless you're with, you've been with Golden State, Golden State, who's the other team? Golden State, Toronto, when they went there one year. Uh, who was LeBron? Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why. Like, I want to say Miami so bad, but Cleveland, like, you, you like literally would not have worked the NBA Finals game. Like you've been just like me, and I've been with the Grizzlies. And chances are, you know, we probably wouldn't have made the NBA Finals. You never know, but you know, we probably wouldn't have been the NBA Finals. Like, and I would never work the NBA Finals game. So, like, it just was, it was amazing to me. Like, you literally go out, literally went from like doing nothing to watching basketball, working, you know, working a basketball game every single day, getting to watch the game as I'm working. And it just was amazing, amazing feeling. Like, I'm getting paid to like, watch basketball all day and there's nobody there like obviously there were no fans like you had the virtual noise so I got to see that firsthand like with the no noise it's the virtual noise that you hear and like players having to obviously pump themselves up because you don't have the fans there and as you can see like it took an effect on some of the players there because you had some guys that weren't playing good you know uh use Paul George as an example he was like you know, obviously mental health is a serious thing. You're just like, man, it's it's different. Like playing here, I can, you know, see my wife, my kids, you know, just a very difficult thing not be able to see my family and just having to play basketball is like the main thing. And you had guys like uh, TJ Warren, you know, he had like 40 points. He was dropping like 40 points just about every other game. And uh, he's still a great, don't get me wrong, he's a good ball player, but like he was dropping 40 points a game. It's kind of like, it was kind of like a old session of like, pick up basketball in the sense except like you had a coach and he was subbing you out it's like you got to come in he goes out kind of like just old pickup there's no fan noise and like you're just shoot like you don't hear the booze or anything like you missed 30 shots nobody's gonna be like hey john you suck get john up out of the game you're not hearing the crowd or if you're hitting 10 shots in a row you don't hear anything it's like silence you hear the virtual noise but it's not like a real you know, fan yelling at you and screaming at you. So I would definitely say it affected a lot, some of the players uh, more than others because the bubble, you know, a lot of guys were just like, man, who is this guy? You're like, who is this guy right here? I don't even know who he is, but he's averaging like 30 points when he's averaging like 
five or six in the regular season and you know before COVID so definitely weird but definitely an amazing time as well super weird of course I mean that's what everyone's been saying for, for months now but the biggest takeaway I took from that is that you know your life or what you're doing there's no nonsense in that right I mean one of the things right your Instagram is full of pictures of you in those NBA finals games that you're working standing next to LeBron James and obviously right you have to keep it professional so I'm curious like how do you keep it no nonsense and not fangirl over you know when, when maybe one of your childhood idols or the greatest players of all times in front of you and you got to stick to working I'm sure that's happened to you multiple times at right, working with the Grizzlies how do you make sure that there's no nonsense yeah definitely like start off like obviously like LeBron's a great basketball player and I've, I've been asked this question like a thousand times like I'll never forget like the game that it happened like I think I got like people got like two or three shots of me like standing beside him like rebounding doing something for him my watch Apple watch was blowing up literally like my my hand just kept vibrating I'm like man what's going on like I'm thinking, you know, it's like ESPN alert, like, you know, COVID related something I'm happening. Like my watch is steady blowing. I'm like, man. So like after I like got off, I think LeBron, he might've been like the last person warm up or something. I can't remember. I had a break. Go back and look at my watch. And I just see all this stuff like on my social media, on IG, Facebook, uh, Twitter. And I'm like, man, what's going on? Like something happened? And go back and I see like people posting this picture. I'm like, oh, they got me like standing right beside LeBron. And like, it's easier for me. I can say this because I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. So like LeBron has like never, I would say, been like my favorite player, but he's definitely a good basketball player. And I respect him, but it, it just was different for me because I, I kind of like, you know, it's, it's LeBron. And of course, you know, working with the Grizz, I'm around these guys 24-7. So I never was like, oh man, that's LeBron, you know, or that's, you know. I just like, you know, treat them like a regular person. And, you know, that's how the guys want to be treated anyway. So I never I was like, oh, man, I'm standing right beside LeBron. Like the picture just happened because people were laughing at me because they like, man, I can believe you got like a picture with LeBron because they know Kobe's my favorite player. And I was like, yeah, you know, things happen, you know. Yeah, just working it, I happened to get like a shot with LeBron when he was warming up uh, before in the finals games. But it definitely was amazing, you know, seeing, uh, watching him play and uh, Jimmy Butler as well, watching him go back and forth. Amazing time. Like I said, I never, if you ask me, like I had a picture with LeBron, especially with kind of like a photo bomber type thing, I'd be like, nah, never. You would never see me in a picture with like LeBron. I'd be like, no. But now, like, it's it's, it's kind of everywhere. Like, everywhere I go, like, people still ask me about it, like, man, what's it like you got a picture with LeBron, you know? Even though it's not, like, a picture with us, like, you know, throwing up peace or whatever, you don't want to say, like, him over my shoulder, you know, tall as he is. But it's like, you know, I got a picture with LeBron. So definitely an amazing time. And, like, it was on TV, too, like, ABC or something. So, like, it was amazing. All the people at home, like, texting me and stuff, like, man, we see you on TV. We see you right beside LeBron or J.R. Smith or – uh Morris it just was amazing definitely an incredible experience and the, the fun thing that I, I, I'm taking away from that is that you're, you're having an experience like that at such a young age there's so many more of those coming maybe an NBA final trip for the Grizzlies hopefully that's soon I'm not, I'm not entirely sure when that'll happen but definitely right so, there's so much basketball right and so many experiences like that to be had um it's definitely awesome thinking about that but I mean uh, another experience you had right maybe it was your first time right seeing the Grizzlies in the, in the playoffs right sitting at courtside being right being a part of that with, with maybe the COVID restrictions right finally loosening up I mean what did that what did this season kind of look like I mean were you, were you guys always there on staff in person at the games did it kind of ease everybody in like how, how did that uh, play out hey john i don't mean to cut you off but you asked me like what's the most interesting thing to happen at the bubble and i can tell you because like i ain't told probably like four people know about this if you want to do that go, one now or after this oh go go for it. no I, I would say just go for it right now cool oh just drop it <laughs> oh and another thing a lot of people don't know man like 
I would say like the most interesting thing that happened to me down there was like Brandon Ingram. I think he didn't play this game, whatnot. I don't know what the reason was at all, but I was in there rebounding for them. I want to say he warmed. I don't even remember if he warmed up or not, but like I was in there. I was obviously helping the Pelicans. I was on the Pelican side this time, like helping Lonzo rebound. And it was somebody else. I can't remember who the guy was, but like Lonzo, I think he just had got done warming up and I kind of just like standing there and like Brandon Ingram, he walks in, he was like, Hey man, you want to play a horse? And I'm like, he's talking to me. And I'm like, sure. So like we play horse or whatnot. And uh, I kid you not, I gave him HO. And after that, like he started shooting, I missed a shot and he started shooting deep threes and I never recovered and he beat me. So like, that's like one of the most interesting things that happened to me. I got to play horse with Brendan Ingram, like randomly, like it was like unplanned like it just happened out of the blue when he walked in and we played horse and I gave him HO you know gave NBA player HO and then like you know obviously you know he started shooting too deep for me that's how, that's how they'll get you man I mean it's at a certain point that's, that's the difference but I'm curious what were the two shots you got the HO on were they that were they bounce off the floor were they behind the backs like what would you do to get at that HO they actually just were like uh free throw jumpers like really yeah he hits all the time like I got him an HO on that then he goes like to three-point land and like I didn't hit a shot Oh, that's funny. I remember there's the one video of LeBron playing horse with a fan and he's doing like the behind the backboard thing, throwing it over, over, and then and then back in. So like definitely some really creative stuff. And it's funny, right? Thinking about an experience like that of playing horse with an NBA player. I mean, how, how is that ever going to happen? Or who would get that, right? There's obviously the, the grind that we just spoke about that came before that to set up a, a really cool experience. And I mean, I had no idea about that story. So thanks for sharing that one. That's definitely a, a fun one. But I mean, th- right, then kind of transitioning to it, right, you had all that fun in the bubble. Um, then, of course, when the bubble's over, uh, this, se- the, this season actually uh, officially started. I mean, what did that season, I mean, this season, of course, has been a whirlwind for everybody. I mean, with the Grizzlies, for example, um, what was it like bringing fans back in? Like, how long did that take? And then even for the staff, right? I mean, was the whole staff in the whole time or did they kind of bring you guys in little by little? Yeah, for sure. Definitely was. I would say it wasn't as weird for me because I was at the bubble with no fans. So, like, obviously, to me, when I got there, like, you know, I would say the biggest difference for me was, like, I was actually, we were in a big facility, obviously, with, like, chairs versus at the bubble. Like, it wasn't any, like, you know, bleachers or, uh, you know, chairs that you could sit in. That's kind of was the only difference for me. But, like, being there, I was just like, man, it's, like, so big and empty. But far as the feeling, I'm like, I've done this before. And it was just kind of like, you know, an empty building is, like, pick up basketball. So, like, for me, like, didn't kind of change. I know at first, like, we, we, did, we were one of the teams that didn't have any fans. I think it was only, like, two that started out with fans. It might have been, like, Heat or something, like, in Florida, not 100% for sure. But slowly, you know, like, we uh, generally, I think, let fans in, and it kind of got, like, a little back to normal. Still wasn't, like, the normal until, like, we got to the end towards, like, the playoff run, where I think we had, like, 40% capacity, something around that, along those lines, 30%. And uh, you actually could hear the fans, you know, over the the sound that they make. I can't think of what it's called right now, but the sound that they were making, the uh, holographic sounds, whatever they were making, the noises, like you could hear the genuine fans, like screaming and hollering at the players, hollering at the refs. Like it was back, you're like, man, we're back. Like the fans are back. So it, it definitely was an amazing time. And like, far as like, Staff go, I think like even that was limited. I'm not 100% for sure, but I think even that was limited to like a certain extent. Like, then you know, you really didn't want anybody there because you know, COVID's still brand new. You know, so you like, you don't want like anybody to get infected, whether it's players, staff, whoever the case may be. You don't want anybody to get sick or something like that. So, still, it was just like a limited amount of people. And, uh, you know, NBA made it work though. 
you know, congrats to them. Finish the season and, uh, you know, next season, according to Shams, like it's, you know, progressed to start on time. So we'll be back on the time frame like we were with, uh, I think, October start date with preseason, regular season type thing. And, you know, it'll be back to normal. And uh, playoff games with the Grizzlies, so they were amazing, even though we like we lost both of them. But, you know, just getting to see uh, Ja, Dylan and all the guys play very well. Because, uh, you know, we're being a spot market team, we don't get a lot of TV games for everybody to see it. Because I know you were like, I didn't know much about the Grizzlies until you met me. It was like, Jaws awesome. Dylan's awesome. Jaron's awesome. Just like for people to see, like, we have a, actually a good young team uh, that people don't know about. And like Ja averaged, I think he averaged like 30 points in the playoffs. He went from like averaging like 18, 19 in the regular season to up 10, 11 points, averaging 30. Dylan Brooks averaging, I think like, 25 28 points something around that long along those lines and like i think the beauty of it like jaron jackson didn't even like play until the end of the season and he probably played like 15 18 games so you take into account he really didn't play the whole year we made the playoffs we the uh, golden state warriors in the play-in this year you know lost at the bubble but won it uh this year in the regular season to play in to get the ac to go against utah you just like, man, the future is so bright. Like, Jaron didn't even play, you know, until the end of the year. And, like, we look like a real good team that's going to be growing. And uh, we had the youngest team in the NBA playoffs this year. And a lot of those games you actually look at, uh, I know we won the first one in Utah. We beat them in Utah. Uh, Donovan didn't play. We beat them in Utah for game one. But a lot of those games you look at, even game two, we came all the way back from, like, 20 points. And obviously a game we could have won. Uh, then we got it down to like two or one point at the end of the third quarter. But Utah, you know, kept the lead, pulled away, you know, with the victory, obviously. But you look at that game, uh, two, obviously one, I felt like we definitely could have won. And uh, game three and four at home, we could have won those as well because we were in the game. We were just kind of uh, even jotting them, say, like, make a knuckleheaded mistake. And Utah, you can't do that with a team space that's the one seed because, you know, they're still playing right now against the Clippers. Just can't make those kind of mistakes. And Utah made us pay with a three-pointer or whatever they did. Mike Conley played amazing. You know, just a learning lesson for us. And definitely, I think in the future, we'll be ready next year when next year comes. You know, hopefully make another good run in the playoffs. Go to the playoffs, have a good regular season. And, you know, I think it's just a matter, like Coach Jenkins was saying, and Josh is learning how to close games out. And, you know, I think the feeling like they got at the bubble of being there, but you get put out by Portland to play in when you play like all year to be in the playoffs. But playing happening, you know, you don't get to play in the playoffs like that feeling of like, man, we were right there. I think they can, you know, take take that same energy or that same attitude towards like, man, we were right there again with Utah. We were playing in one seed and like we had a legit chance to beat them in game uh, two, three and four. Like, you know, we could have won either of those games outside of game five, you know, when they just kind of like were hitting everything and did not miss. Uh, you'd be like, man, we could have beat those guys and possibly made it to the second round be playing the Clippers right now. So you know, just a little motivation for the offseason and to like, you know, obviously everybody, like I said, got to see Ja and Dylan and uh, Jaron, Jonas, Kyle, like us have a good team. We like Grizzly have like a good young team and they're going to be on the uprise soon.
definitely one of the brightest futures in the league and especially right considering uh like what you said about just having having the youngest team in the playoffs but not even just that showing resiliency i feel like whenever a a young team is able to show maturity in in the playoffs that's just obviously a really good sign for two three four years to the years to come and when when a team's young and they're and they're just and it's their talent that takes them over the top maybe that's not that but they really just going down by 20 in game two clawing their way back that's something that a lot of maybe young teams wouldn't do so it's it's great seeing the grizzlies do that and obviously i I was watching them a lot more now after meeting you than i did ever before i trying to find can i find curtis in the stands where is he uh, I tell, I tell my friends my, 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 my guy's there my guy's there right now he's in there he's over there in that corner i uh, really you know, sometimes finding you uh, but definitely right uh, really fun seeing the grizzly team this year can't wait to see the next year and i mean curtis dude i mean thank you so much for coming on the show this was a really fun one um, obviously, right, we've spoken a lot before this, but I, I never really got to hear the whole story from, you know, from the source itself and, and go through your maybe your whole thing and how you got to where you are. And so glad to, to have met you and came to see, to see you soon. Man, it was a pleasure, John, man. Thanks for reaching out to me. Pleasure being on your show, man. Wish you nothing but the best. Hopefully, like you said, like we'll see each other in summer league or like passing eventually in like the next couple of months. I have to get you on my show definitely once I start it back. I'm going to start it back soon, but you're definitely going to be on the top of my list to get on there for the guests, man. Thanks for uh, having me on your show, man. Definitely was a blessing and much success to you. Thanks for listening to Gen Z Hoops. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all major social media platforms at Gen Z Hoops. You can tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other podcast platform on the planet. Get ready for the next episode.